Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. All right, I get the joy this morning of starting off a new sermon series that we are doing here. Um, it's called Why Worry? How many of you guys have ever worried about anything in your life? How many of you guys have ever worried about things in your life way more than you probably should? Right? Worry just seems to be something that we do. Even though the Bible specifically tells us, and we'll read here in Matthew 6, that we should not worry because God's got our backs essentially, right? But yet, we still worry. We still find the cares of this life and the things of this life so, I don't know what, what you'd say, but it just, it just causes us to want to fret about it. Causes us to want to be like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen here? I'm an excessive worrier. That's just who I am. Like, if I do something dumb, I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now, right? Every game that I do in youth, it's like, all right, am I going to kill a kid tonight? Are we going to be good? Okay. Funny story about worrying or just having a kid. We were playing, I don't know if you guys know what can-can is. Anybody know what can-can is? So it's the chair game for those of you that are in youth. We set a chair in the middle of the room or a collapsible, like, laundry basket, and they'd hold hands and they'd spin around they'd try to get people to touch it. And if you touch it, you're out. Well, at one point, I'm pretty sure it was Caleb and maybe Jonathan. And when we had this little, like, fifth grader, sixth grader, and they started spinning. Jonathan's like, I remember this. Yeah, I was, I was pretty sure it was Jonathan. They started spinning, and that fifth grader came up off the ground. I'm like, dude, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. He just, boom. I'm like, all right, guys, we're done. Little kid wins because you killed him. <laughs> just, just Jonathan remembers that. He does. He doesn't feel sorry either. No, I didn't think so. But anyway, we worry about things, and it's just ridiculous because it takes part of our life away. It takes our joy away. It just sucks the life from us. And sometimes I just wish that we could do this. You guys ready for the video? No? You don't have... The video is not working? Nothing's working. All right. We're good? Woo! Good job, sound people. All right. Check out this video. We just wish we could do this. Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes. C- come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. Still uh, being uh, buried alive in a box. Yes. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, no, no. We don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I, um, I charge $5 for the, for the first five minutes. And, and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And uh, and I I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <clears throat> go. Well, tell what? me, 
tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. Here, here they are. Stop it! <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop it! Stop it! Yes. S T O P. New word. IT. <laughs> we could just tell our worries and just say, stop it. Or how many of you have tried that? You're, you're, you keep worrying over things on, you're just like, all right, Kenny, you just have to stop it right now. Just don't worry about it. It'll just take care of itself. How many have been like that? Okay. I'm the only alone. Good. All right. Cool. No, but we tend to do that. When we worry a lot, we try to, we try to psych ourselves out of the worry, but it doesn't necessarily work. And so this morning, I want to talk about a few ways that Jesus, and a few questions that Jesus had. And the first one is, can all our worry add a single moment to our lives? And another one is, can our worry detract from the quality of our lives and our faith and our family? And does worry solve any problems? Those are some questions that I want to kind of answer today, some questions that Jesus brought up in Matthew 6. But the point of this whole thing isn't to say that worry is bad because it doesn't make you a terrible person if you worry. While worry does detract from your life and, and it can suck the joy and everything, sometimes a healthy worry is okay. You know, most of us, if we did something dumb, we're going to worry about it, right? And that's okay. I'm at camp, and I always worry about how many students we're going to send to the hospital, what's going on. I was camp director. It was an awesome time with Pastor Gerardo here, but there was a couple of times you're just like, oh my word, why, why would you do something like that? And it just, you know, those are times that we can worry. But what I want to do is give us some principles straight from Jesus to help us control worry instead of letting worry control us. So if you have your Bibles, you want to open them up to Matthew chapter 6. I'm reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation. It'll be on the screen. Those of you at home should see it too. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34, it says this. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will devo be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. 
And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows what all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for your word. God, as we're going through this sermon today, I just ask that you would touch our hearts, even mine, God. As we're talking about worry, as we're talking about what your word says, God, I just ask that you would just help us. You would help us overcome the fears and the worries in our lives and put our trust in you today, God. And God, just bless us in your name. Amen. All right. So the first thing I want to kind of reveal about worry is that worry reveals our area of focus. When you think about stuff, that's what you're focused on. When you're worried about something, your brain is on that. And some of us that are compulsive warriors, we're on that all the time. We just think about those things all the time, right? So worry reveals the things that we value most. If you think about it, the things that you value most is probably the things that you worry about the most. If your truck's your most valued possession and a storm's coming, you're going to be like, all right, got to get in the garage. Let's take the truck in. Or if you don't have a garage, you're like, all right, I know the church has got an awning. Let's drive to the church, right? I'm at the camp. I like my truck, and if it gets broke, it gets broke. It's a tool. But I'm like, all right, I know under the Gaga pit area is an awning. I'll go separate the Gaga pit and drive right in there, and I'll park my truck, right? It's safe. So worry reveals the thing that we value the most. This is why Jesus focused on money so much, because it's something that we focus on a lot. A lot of our time and energy is, is about getting money so that we can spend money, right? And so that's a lot of the times what we value the most, and our worry involves those things too because we're worried if we have enough money. We're worried if we're able to pay those bills. We're worried if, if hey, did I plan enough for this trip I'm going to take, right? What are some things that we worry about today? Are we going to keep our job? Can I pay my rent or mortgage? Here's one. Will I have enough to be able to retire someday? Those kids that are going to college, start now. It's good for you. Will my kids be able to find jobs, get into college? Is my car going to start tomorrow? Can I afford this repair on our house? These are things that constantly worry about us, right? These are things that are all important and valid, but they're not necessarily what create a great life. When we focus too much on our finances, we focus too much on that truck that we so dearly love, it takes away from the rest of our life. So worry reveals the things that we value the most. And worry reveals what is consuming our thoughts. Sometimes it's not necessarily money and finances. Sometimes it's relationships. And sometimes those relationships consume our thoughts. How many of you guys, when you were first dating, whether you're married or dating now, when you first met that person, you were like, dude, I can't think about anything else than this person right here. When I first met Adrian, it was at the camp. I literally spent the next two weeks spending time with her. I'd get up in the morning just to go see her after work, after baseball, right? I spent time with her. It consumed my thought because it was something that I was not necessarily worried about, but something that I, it revealed the thing that I valued the most. So worry reveals what's consuming our thoughts. If we're constantly worrying about money, that typically consumes our thoughts, right? I mean, how many of you guys have been in a financial crisis and every time throughout the day you're just like, oh, man, is this, is this going to affect what I do? Your kids are playing a sport and you're just like, don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. I, I can't afford that. Don't get hurt. Instead of enjoying them, playing the sport, you're like, I can't afford it if they break something. I can't do that. You're out driving your car. Please, Lord, don't let me wreck. I can't fix this thing again. Worry reveals where our thoughts are, what's consuming our thoughts. 
An Andy Stanley quote, by the way, this, this study comes from Andy Stanley in one of his sermon series too. It says, this level of concern reflects our level of care. Think about the things that you care about the most is the things that you're concerned about the most. You care about your kids, you're probably concerned about them. You care about your car, you're concerned about them. You care about your finances and your money, you're going to be concerned about them, right? It could be inverse, right? The level of concern reflects our level of care, but our, I guess our level of care reflects our level of concern too. They're inverse. Whatever we spend time on is what we're going to be concerned about. So the things that we worry about show us what is consuming our thoughts. And then the, the thing here is, Worry reveals the things that threaten to become our master. Jesus said that we can't serve both God and money. And the Greek word translated money can be literally translated wealth or stuff. Guys, when we worry so much, worry takes the place of God in our life. It takes the, because we're supposed to be trusting in God, trusting in what he has for us. But when we worry too much, it takes his place in our lives. And it becomes our new master because everything we do, Everything we think, everything we say is based upon our worries instead of what God is calling us to do. Our finances, we're going to be worrying about those, so we'll make our choices based on them. Oh, I can't give that extra $10 God wants me to give because I don't have $10. I'm already broke. I'm worrying about it, right? Worry reveals things that threaten to become our master. Barnes' commentary says this, the meaning is you cannot serve, I love how it says ye, Ye cannot serve the true God and at the same time be supremely engaged in taming the riches of this world. One must interfere with the other. You can't serve God and serve money. It's not saying that money is evil. It's saying the desire and the pursuit after only money is evil. And you can't serve both of the things. And it's not just money. It could be relationships. It could be sports. It could be our job. It could be our vehicles. It could be our house. It could be our family. Whatever it is that we're putting in place of God, they can't coexist. You have to make God God and then let everything else be under that. And so worry reveals what's maybe becoming our master. If we're more worried about our stuff and things and relationships than we are a relationship with God, maybe... Those things have taken God's place in our hearts and in our lives. So worry reveals our area of focus. And another thing is worry drains time and energy. How many of you know that to be true? How many of you know that you, like me, you've, I'm just a constant person who can't sleep. Like at night, I just lay there and think about things. It's not necessarily worry. I just think about random junk. But sometimes it's worry. And sometimes those worry keep me up at night. And because I'm worried at night and they keep me up, I wake up tired and then I worry more because I'm tired. And then the next night, it's just like this revolving cycle. And I'm just like, all right, God, you just got to take it because I'm about ready to fall asleep on the tractor. And I'm pretty sure they wouldn't like it if I ran into the tabernacle today, all right? Right? But worry drains time and energy. Jesus never discounts discounts the importance of things we worry about. See, we often hear people say, don't worry about that. Or like the guy in the video, just stop it. Stop worrying about it. But Jesus doesn't say worrying about things is bad. He says that worrying about things so much that it detracts from everything else is bad, right? He never says that money isn't important because if you read the Bible, a lot of verses deal about money, right? Or our family isn't important or our careers aren't important or our relationships. He just simply shows that instead of worrying, we can choose a better way. Instead of worrying, we can trust him instead of those things. 
Jesus indicates that our worry drains our strength and our faith. Worry doesn't add to our lives. While there's a healthy amount of worry, excessive worry drains our life and our joy. It drains what's inside of us, right? Many of us waste years worrying about things we have no control over. Honestly, a lot of the things that we worry about, whether our truck's going to get damaged, whether uh, our kids are going to get hurt in school, those are not things you can control. Whether you're going to lose your job or not, while you have a little bit of control over that if you're a good worker, essentially it's still up to your boss. There's a lot of things that we worry about that we have no control over. We don't have control over the weather, over the rain, so we don't know if our crops can grow or anything like that. But what we have control over is our trust. Are we putting our trust in other stuff or are we putting our trust in God? And worrying doesn't accomplish anything positive, right? It doesn't. And the last thing is Jesus offers a better way. Trust is, in reality, reality, the opposite of worry. Trust is the opposite of worry. We trust God, we tend not to worry as much. If we worry, we're tending not to trust God as much. And I'm as guilty as this as anybody, right? If worry shows where our devotion lies, then shifting that devotion will help us change from worry to trust. If worry shows where our focus is, what we value the most, what we care about the most, then shifting that focus and that value and that trust to God will change that worry to trust. Change that worry from something we can't control to trusting in God, knowing he has everything for us, right? So worry drains time and energy. And then worry leads to false, false beliefs. I know this sounds kind of weird that you could get false beliefs from worrying, but it's true. Because if you think about it, worry diminishes our view of our worth. We begin to maybe believe that the Lord has forgotten us. I don't know if you like me, but there's been times in my life where things just haven't been going the way I wanted them to, the way I thought God was leading me, and I'd be in my prayer time and be like, God, do you hear me anymore? God, do you care? All these worries, God, that I'm, I'm, I'm pouring my heart out to you, and I just really don't feel like you're answering me. Maybe you truly don't care about me, and that's where... The worry has diminished our view of our worth, and we've started to have this false belief that God doesn't care about us, that he doesn't truly know us, that he doesn't really care what's happening in our lives. And that could be farther from the truth, right? Verse 25 in, in Matthew 6 says, Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to our life? We know from Scripture that God cares about us. So much that he was willing to send his son for us, right? I don't know about you. I love you guys, but I love my daughters. I don't know if I could be like God and give one of them up for you. Sorry. That's just being honest, right? All right. No harm feelings there. I expect the same from you guys. It's all good. But God loved us so much that he gave us his son, that he would die for us. So when we start to worry and think maybe God doesn't care about us, we need to think about that. Because birds don't have 401Ks, mortgages, jobs, educations. And he takes care of them. How much more does he care about us who are created in his image? Right? God cares about you. So don't allow worry to diminish your view of your own worth. And the second thing is don't worry diminishes our trust in God's power. Some, some of us have this idea that, that striving and trying to get and worrying about things will provide what we need. We'll, we'll just, you know, if we keep going, we keep doing the things, I keep worrying about it, maybe it's just going to happen. 
And that's not true because it normally doesn't because we're spending so much time worrying about it that we aren't doing anything about it and we're not letting God work, right? Right? It's almost like Andy Stanley says, some of you have more faith in your worry than you do in God. You behave as if you believe worry shapes your future instead of God shaping your future. Guys, worry doesn't do anything for our future. It doesn't provide anything. All it does is take up time. We need to allow God to shape our future and trust that he has a plan for his life. I always tell my students at least once a year about the puzzle. When you're putting together a puzzle piece or a puzzle, you're, you're looking at each piece as an individual, and you're putting them down in your, in, in, wherever you feel like they fit, right? Sometimes we don't see the whole picture. That's actually the hardest kind of puzzle to get together when you're looking and you don't have any map. That's what our life is like. We can see the pieces that we've put together in our life Every day is a puzzle piece up until today, and we see that picture, but God gets to see the whole picture of our life. And when we worry, it's not accomplishing that puzzle of our life, and God's just like, do you want to see the masterpiece I have? Because it's good. You just got to trust me. So we need to stop worrying and let God do what God does, right? Matthew 6, 28 through 30 says, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Flowers don't work. Flowers don't plan for the future. Flowers don't plant crops or harvest. But yet God still directs our future because he cares about us more than the flowers, right? And worry will eventually diminish our relationship with Christ. Like we said before, sometimes we allow worry to become our master. Sometimes worry crowds out our relationship with Christ. We become so worried in trying to solve our worries that we neglect our personal relationship with Jesus, and it takes over. Instead of spending time that we normally spend in prayer and reading the word, we're spending time trying to, maybe not even trying to worry or solve our worries. We're just sitting there worrying, right? Guys, we need to make sure that we're putting God first in our lives, putting our relationship with Jesus first in our lives, and then all of our worries will fall into place, right? Not fall into place. They'll be God will solve them, hopefully, right? And then the last one, oh, I already said that. What I have here is Mark 4, 18 through 19. It says this. This is talking when Jesus is scattering the, or talking about the parable of the sower. It says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure and wealth, and the desire for things, and so no fruit is produced. Guys, sometimes we allow our relationship with Christ to be just like that. We let the worries of this life and the desires for things crowd out Jesus. That's what worry does in us. And so the question becomes, what do we do to keep worry from influencing our lives? What do we do to stop worry from having such a big part, from being our focus and taking away from Jesus? And I know this is kind of the Bible school answer, if it's the Bible school answer, it must be the best answer because it's the answer everyone gives, right? Start replacing worry with God's word. Start replacing the worry in your life with the word that God gave us. Read this passage. Most of us have phones. You can put it on the background of your phone. You start worrying, just pop open, click your phone, and just read the background. You can write it on a note, keep it in your pocket. You start worrying, you can just put your hand in your pocket knowing that that's there, saying, God, you care about me more than flowers. You care about me more than birds. Help me through this worry. We need to put our trust back into God. 
put our trust in God's word. There's promises in there that if we read them, we know that God's going to do them because he said he would. And that's how we conquer worry. When we're worried about stuff, we're worried about life, we look at the promises of God and be like, all right, God, you promised this. I'm going to pray that. I'm going to believe that. And we understand that that's how we overcome worry. And then we realize we can do what only we can do, and we let God do the rest. We're in Nebraska. This is the pick yourself up by your own bootstrap state, right? You get down, you try to do things on your own. I'm one of those people. I hate asking for help. I hate it. But there's times in our life where we have to do what only we can do, and then we let God do the rest. Those things you have no control over, you got to put your trust in God. Those things that you feel like are out of your hands, they are. you got to put your trust in God, right? Let God do what he can do. So many times we're trying to solve our problems, and God's just standing here and be like, do you want me to help? Do you want me to do this? Because I will if you just step back and let me. One of the perfect examples of this is I was at uh, General Council. It was like 2013, I think, 14, somewhere around there. It was the first one I ever went to, and there was a guy preaching. He was talking about his daughter and how he would pull his luggage out, and he was dragging his luggage on, but his daughter always loved to help him. And he's like, okay, you can help me. And his daughter would get in the way and start trying to drag the the suitcase by by herself, and all she was doing is making it fall over again and again and again. And he's like, This is the same as if God has our problems, and he's dragging them along. He's willing to solve them for us. We're like, we got it, God. We got it. I can carry this on my own, and we just keep dropping it over and over and over again. And God's just like, do you want me to do it, or do you want to do it? We have to let God do what only God can do, right? And so if the worship team would come back up here, I want to read one last passage in Psalms 27. This passage talks about fear but it can apply to our lives and worry too. Psalms 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Through a mighty, Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. That's verses 1 through 3. That can apply to our worry. The Lord is my provider and my comforter. I will not worry. The Lord comforts me, solving all of my worries. Why do I worry still? When my worries seem to crowd around me, when everything seems like it's just going dark, I'll trust in God. It's essentially what this is saying. We can take the principle about fear and apply it to our worries. So what I want to ask today is this. How many of you struggle with that worry, that constant worry that's just detracting from your life, and you're just ready to get rid of it today? I don't know. This week for me has been incredible. It's been a long week. Things have happened, and, and worry seemed to crowd out. And it was so funny that, that the sermon that I was preparing for this Sunday was about worry, and it seemed like this week was one of the hardest weeks I've had in a long time about worry. And I just feel like God's wanting some of you to know that The worries that you have, they're not insignificant, but they're nothing compared to God. They're not insignificant in your life, but God's power and God's glory and God's faithfulness is better than they are, stronger than they are, bigger than they are. And God's just asking you to put your trust in him. And so what I want to do is I just want to say a prayer. I want you, and, and, and after I pray, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. And if you want to respond, I just want to invite you to come to the front and pray. 
or you can pray in your seats, whatever it might be. But just know that God sees you. God knows every detail about your life, every worry, every care that you have. And he does care about you and what you're going through. So, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this morning. God, the worries of this life can be great. The worries of this life can crowd out everything that's, that's around us and crowd out your word in our heart and in our lives. But, God, this morning, we just want to turn our life back to you. We want to we pray those promises that we hear in the word, God. We want to just let you do what only you can do, God, because we're, we've tried it ourselves. We've tried solving our problems. We've tried solving our worries, God, and it just doesn't work. So we just put all that back on you today, letting you take care of us just like you take care of the birds, just like you take care of the flowers, God. So, God, just help us to put our trust in you. So every head's bowed and every eye's closed. You're here this morning. You're saying, Pastor Kenny, there's some things in my life that are just causing me to worry so bad. They're big problems to me, but, but God, I just need God to come in and do only what God can do. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? All right. Maybe there's some of you out there that are like me, and you're just habitual worriers. You just worry about everything. And you're saying, all right, God, today's the day where I want to put my trust in you. Maybe not going to solve it today, God, but through working with you, God, I can become, instead of a habitual worrier, I can become someone who trusts in you every day. If you're saying, I just want to stop that, if that's you, would you raise your hand? All right. There are some people that raise their hands. I want to sing this last song. It's called Living Hope. And it just talks about how we put our trust in God. And if that's you, I just encourage you to get alone with God. These altars are open. And if you have a need or something, you can come up here and people will come and pray for you. But even if you, even if you didn't raise your hand and you're saying, you know what, God, something else is going on in my life and I just need a touch from you, just spend this song that we're going to sing just saying, God, whatever you want to do in my life is what you want to do. All right? Sound good?